Welcome to Sanctuary First and to our Friday night review. Uh, thank you for taking the time to join us tonight. We've got a great cast with you. We've got some of the usual suspects and some of the usual suspects are no longer here tonight as well. But uh, welcome to James Cuthcart, our resident commentator, and to Laura Dagen, also our resident uh, communicator and commentator. And uh, a huge welcome to our guest tonight, who is Katie Emsley-Smith. Uh, Katie is uh, an experienced GP who no longer is uh, hung up her stethoscope for teaching at the moment. <laughs> and uh, she teaches in St Andrews University and also in Dundee University. And I think is an elder in the, the Steeple Church in, in Dundee. If you're not an elder, you should be. Uh, but, I'm a, uh, I am an elder. Yep, I see. Yep. I knew that. I knew that. Uh, I, and uh, of course, uh, the, the Steeple Church in Dundee is an interesting place that has uh, been developing all kinds of community interests and community connections, and especially uh, um, Katie's involved with work amongst refugees who have come to live in the town of Dundee, and are no mm. longer really classed as refugees, but are classed as as Dundonians, a part of the That's community right. there. Uh, yeah, very much. We're going to talk more about that uh, tonight as well. So, hey, we've got a great, we've got a great uh, discussion going tonight. And of course, our theme for this week uh, is continues to be social distancing. But how do we make sense of all that in a world that is changing so much? And, in a, and, and how do we make sense of signs, symbols and covenants and promises? <laughs> So there's lots for us to talk about tonight uh, as, we, as we move into our one hour discussion. And it just seems to go very, very quickly. Don't you think, James? Oh, yes, absolutely. No, I think we've got so much ground that we could um, cover this evening. And, and of course, I should is... say, we're also delighted to have a behind the scenes, Ray Manger, as usually, as usual, uh, taking care of the technical um, requirements of this particular podcast. So thank you for being with us tonight. So thank you all for joining us. And we'll get started uh, with maybe a, a word to Laura, as usual. What's your week been like, Laura? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well it's, uh, well, it's been a busy week, a busy week. Um, lots of stuff going on, um, church-wise. Um, yeah, and I really now starting to feel that it. I'm feeling in myself. See, I get seasonal adjustment disorder, and I get winter like oh, really bad. It's a real struggle, and I felt that this winter has been a real struggle, but I, it's as if I get a kind of click in myself, and I feel it this week. I'm feeling so much lighter and more positive. And it's definitely like, yeah, I feel spring is sprung. So I've been enjoying kind of trying to get out a wee bit more, um, doing some recordings outside, even like people in the past two mornings for in the morning prayers have had me at the stables. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was yeah. thinking it was the seven o'clock prayer meetings that were giving you the, 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 the shot in the arm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, it's really um I'm I'm feeling that yes it's just much more positive and hopeful. The energy has changed around. I think it is definitely the, the atmosphere outside uh, makes uh, all the difference. But one one or two yesterday wasn't a very good day. I didn't like yesterday. It was a cold day. <laughs> 
just a write-off, Albert. <laughs> you know, and that's why I just spent most of the day trying to to sing a song and record a song for you. No turning back. No turning back. <laughs> you you wanted to turn back, Albert, but you I wanted didn't. to turn back. No turning on. back. No. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and Kitty, what's your week been like? I've had a lovely week. I mean, I would be like like Laura. I've, I've hugely enjoyed the sun coming out. It's just been brilliant. And uh, this feeling that springs just around the corner. Um, mm. So that's been lovely. Um, mm. I've done a little bit of work, but not too much. And so I've had lots of chance to be out walking um, in the sunshine. So that's been lovely. I've taken this winter to swimming in the sea. So oh. I've been swimming a couple of times this week at Brody Ferry Beach Oof. and that's just great it's lovely I wear a wetsuit um, but the people I go with don't wear wetsuits they just wear swimming costumes um, oh, I'm not brave enough to do that yeah they're very hardy <laughs> but I go in a wetsuit and it's just lovely it's it's and it's it's a funny case of the colder the better you know, if it's really, really cold and the water's icy, um, you feel so much better afterwards. It's just great. And you it get all warmed up in your clothes. You. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's really great. Yeah. Really? So yeah. I've done that. Quite a few people doing this. I know quite a few people have started to do it. They, get, they call it like cold therapy, you know? Yes. And it's, it's, and I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know if I could, but, but it's, it seems quite intriguing and I really would quite like to give it a go. So I would. Yeah. I sometimes well, put I would the shower on cold. <laughs> <laughs> That's about all I can do. I just put the shower on a wee bit cold at the end. That's about it. But do you have ice coming out of the shower? Because we had ice um, blocks coming down the sea the other day, uh, just after the snow melted. Um, obviously Goodness. stuff came down from higher up the river. Oh wow! It's a little seal going past. <laughs> oh, the ice flow. There you go. Yeah. I I I don't like the cold. I I I suffer badly from being cold. I like the warmth. I like the heat. I'm afraid. Right. You'd be in the beach hut, Albert. We cup of coffee. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Everyone else can be swimming. That's my fine. My hands are frozen. It. My feet. My toes go cold. Like, it was like ice walking about, just lumps of ice. Poor circulation. But I definitely identify <laughs> as well with this change of seasons. Um, I think there's something about, like, even just looking at the, the weather app, you know, in terms of what the temperature says it's to be. I think like eight degrees a week or so ago is not the same as eight mm -hmm. degrees today, is it? You know, there's something different, the quantitatively uh -huh. also like different mm -hmm. about, you know, there's like, I think, I think maybe we hit 12 hours of daylight, I think recently, I think there's been you know, yes. like a tipping point where it just feels like there's that bit more light, a bit more hope, that bit more going on. And you, you kind of dress yeah. more appropriate to what you think spring's going to be so in some ways you're colder but you don't feel as cold and it's kind of interesting the kind of the because we're yeah. talking about signs tonight how when you see those signs of spring it kind of makes you feel warmer even if sometimes actually uh, i'm not sure it is warmer but you just you just feel that warming you from yeah. the inside uh, that's that uh, it's an it's an inner glow <laughs> well there you go an inner glow <laughs> 
Listen, guys, I think we should have a make a restart on some of the stuff that Katie's been writing this week because I really think uh, it's well worth taking time. Those of you who are listening in on the on, on the podcast and maybe are not aware that part of this podcast, we reflect on the writer for the week, which is Katie this week, Katie Emsley-Smith. And Sanctuary First is an online worshipping community, but we have a section in our website, uh, which is Daily Worship, and the there's a writer who writes every every week and picks up on the themes uh, from the Bible, from the scripture readings, and then reflects upon them and writes upon them. And this is what we're going to be discussing now. And it's worth just listening. And uh, if you get a chance to, to go and read some of this stuff that we're talking about uh, this evening. So, but anyway, I thought day one, this idea of dare we, what did you think, uh, James, that, that just how Katie takes us into the, she always, I always felt as though I was there coming out of the ark with, with, with Noah. What did you think? It's just something, it was, you know, I hadn't thought of the mud and hadn't thought about just, you know, it was a real experience. Definitely. I think there's something about that word dank um, that you used uh, partway through the reflection. This is a dank moment in history for Noah's family. And I think dank is never good, is it? dank you never want to feel dank we were just talking about that you know albert you were saying we're not liking to feel cold and the kind of blocks of ice and i think there's something about getting wet through getting soaked through just that kind of dank moment um and uh yeah i don't know i just it was so neat how you tied things together i thought in this piece uh in terms of linking to the moment that we're in now um Mm -hmm. and the moment that they were in then uh, without anything seeming kind of forced or heavy-handed it just really um locked together um and felt like it just um yeah all just came together and then the the words and the prayer were very uh, immersive as well i'm just getting it up here um took sunlight and water elements of life to message your promise to all the earth and i think i said to you before i really like message as a verb there um the idea it kind of fits well with a sort of digital medium but the idea that it's being messaged it's being broadcast um and and that fits into the whole signs thing as well that we've been looking at this week Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know i hadn't um i hadn't actually really that this really highlighted to me how I hadn't really considered the experience, you know. And you think, no, it's taking it's taking this experience that we're going through, you know, for us to really be able to kind of make sense and actually be able to have empathy for them, you know, and see them actually as real people as well, mm-hmm. and like having this lived experience. And so I really actually did think about how it must have felt for them to be on the ark all that time, <laughs> bubbled together, you know, and yeah. you know, how it must have felt and, you know, probably smelled as well and, you know, just all the kind of human, you know, kind of yeah. elements to it. And and actually also I hadn't thought of just how, like, desolate the, the land would have been after the flood, you know, and you have this mm-hmm. picture um, of, and then it made me, and it made me think about, you know, everybody's, you know, because you think they've probably all been so full of hope to get off, you know, desperate to get off that ark, all we need off the ark, but, but it's not quite probably what they imagined it to be when they got off, and I think again for us coming out of this. 
lockdown situation, it's not going to be what it was before. You know, there's going to be a yeah. lot of work yeah. that we have to do. So it was the, the uh, it was really multi layered, and I thought that it was it was really quite exceptional how it made us think on um, quite a few different levels. You know, it's and I like that. I like that whenever I read something in the morning and it actually has me considering, like you know, for for a couple of days afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think this this part of security made me think of the plight of modern day refugees who've mm-hmm. lost yeah. everything. Yeah. And all of a sudden you come to, okay, they come to us, they might, they're going through that, that turmoil sometimes from a, a war zone of the loss so much, or it might be from a, a, a natural disaster or whatever it is, it's caused them to seek a new, a new life, a, a, somewhere up here just to survive, to seek an ark. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I thought that that shed a new light on that for me as well. And, and knowing that you're working with refugees in 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 when you're working the in the steeple, I thought it might be yeah. interesting just to get your reflection on what that how that is working and how how we should be treating people in that situation today. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose when I was writing that piece, I was very dis- um, I was very struck by kind of disorientation of of being in the ark on the water and having absolutely no landmarks whatsoever you know nothing to orientate yourself by and I imagine it's very similar you know as a as a somebody's had to leave their home through war and hardship in their own country just this complete loss of culture and identity and Indeed, geographical landmarks, just having to move somewhere that's completely unfamiliar. So kind of parallels there with being um, disorientated on the water, but also as people who've had to leave their homes um, and, and cross national boundaries, just this sense of disorientation. And I'm very aware, you know, for the people who've come to Dundee, um, I mean, Dundee's such a Scottish city and most of the new people here have come from Syria. Um, some from Aleppo, some from Homs, some from Damascus. Um, I mean, you probably couldn't get two countries less similar in the world, really. <laughs> mm-hmm. So just this sense of disorientation coming to Scotland, and I think particularly a Scottish winter must be incredibly disorientating. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, I was, I was kind of thinking um, about these families as I was thinking about that particular family in the ark and and this sense of disorientation and losing all your landmarks everything that you've kind of marked out your life by just being stripped away Mm. so you you, then you you come in to give us to the thing so where is God in all of this you know can we trust this God? And, and we're going to look at that. I think in, in the, I think it's in, maybe in Psalm twenty-five. There's a, there's a, it leads on into that kind of area. But yeah. um, it's um, the, the, this covenant. You know, uh, one of the things we've been talking about. Those of you who've been listening in to Sanctuary First in the last week or so, we have been exploring this idea of covenant. You know, and what is the difference between a covenant and a contract? Uh, mm. What what is the difference between the covenant and just the promise, you know, mm. and um, 
I don't know if you've got a take on that as you've been looking at and thinking about that. Uh, what, any comments or any of you want to make make a, a, a comment on that? Because we, we've been asking that question a number of number of occasions. People have been listening in and we've been asking mm -hmm. these questions. I think something that struck me when I was going back and reading the passages was the kind of, well, two things. One was the enduring nature of it. You know, the covenant was really, really made from generation to generation, mm. um, a lasting covenant. And I was very struck by the, the passage actually before chapter 17 um, about God saying, I'll make seasons roll and day and night will turn from now on in. So there's a kind of certainty about that particular part of the covenant. The seasons will roll and you know, that we can trust that day and night will continue. And there's a kind of security in that. Mm -hmm. um, but also that, you know, the covenant is based in relationship. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a meeting of two parties, um, God and ourselves. Um, they offer first from God with, with, with the response of faith from ourselves, kind of um, seals that covenant, I suppose. Mm -hmm. I, I think I think you very beautifully tie it together. We'll talk more about this later on this evening. You tie it beautifully together in the in the in the in, the, in, in that passage. You do you write it in Peter First Peter three eighteen to twenty two. You talk about the gap and you pick up the two covenants again, the new covenant in Christ. And uh, but we'll talk about that later on. But just to keep those of you listening in, keep your eyes, keep your ears open for the covenant and the promises. And, and th this idea of the eternal, the God, can God be trusted? And, and we've always got to be able to allow ourselves to ask that question. What, what do you think of um, Psalm, Psalm 25, day two, safe guide? Absolutely, just uh, fetching it up here. Uh, yes, this was a very encouraging piece. Um, I find, I find that it was, let's look here. Yes, because you um, chose to end with the Sursum Corda, you know, those, um, yes. those yeah. timeless words of the, the Lord be with you and also with you. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, there's something about being lifted up, being held, you know, the kind of sensitivity of that, which is just so important to hear. Um, and there's a kind of recurring theme here about lifting our eyes, lifting our hearts, being lifted to God. And, and that sense, because, you know, you were just saying there about covenant being about relationship. And I think there's a sort of orientation of where we are and where God is. Um, and it's through kind of this community and through working together and being in this relationship with God that we can keep almost almost like a compass can keep kind of finding our bearings back um back to god and that that sort of steady guide um that isn't um dependent on the vagaries of you know stuff that pass um so that, it was very reassuring i think reading this one i mean i've got down here the the it is the there's a, a prayer of the optimist about all this in psalm 25 but also you are so devastatingly honest about stuff which makes it, you know, when you start off, you, a, a realistic exploration of our current times leads to sorrow and worry, you know, and uh, 
you, you know, you quote um, mm -hmm. Ralph uh, Emerson, and, and this sorrow looks back, worry looks around, and faith looks up. And it's a kind of summary. But but there's an honesty mm -hmm. about where people are at today. I, I, and can we trust mm -hmm. God? And see, I think that's why I, I like yeah. how you mentioned and yeah. that you know, you know, the lament because I think lament, you know, that 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 line where he says, as a community, we hold these normal and natural reactions to the losses and loneliness of the pandemic together in lament, spoken and unspoken, expressed publicly and felt privately and personally. On behalf of each other, we hold the weight of human cost and seek ways to build back mm. and restore. And I think, I, 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 I think lament is, you know, an, is really important for us and for people to know that it is okay. You know, it is mm. okay. You know, it's especially in certain seasons of life that that we allow ourselves to lament and to share with each other and. And actually, sometimes when in our lament we do question God, but but God's heard it all before, you know, um, and it's okay not to be okay, um, but yeah. in that sharing, in that lamentation, you know, we, we're coming together, we're holding each other, but <clears throat> at the same time as we're lamenting, God is holding us, you know, it's uh -huh. like. Where we might not always feel it in our in our sorrow and our pain, but but God is there, and there's something. I just I, I think that's that's and and where it's honest to be like that. There's also hope. There's hope and lamentation because it allows you to to be able to move through sorrow and grief and you know process things. I think healthily. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought also, Katie, you reminded me a wee bit of, of Ian Jimison, the writer, and, and the doctor, because you pick uh -huh. up this idea of the muscle and faith yeah. being like a muscle. And I had yeah. never thought of that before. I thought, what, what a brilliant illustration. You know, and, and you talk about it's it's a weak muscle, but but if we keep on using it, it will get stronger. I thought yeah. that was yeah. a great illustration. Um, really, thank you for that. That was such an encouragement. That, um, and that's just the kind of thing sometimes Ian Jimison pulls out for us in, in some of his stuff. So maybe there's a kind of... Uh, yeah, maybe it's a kind of anatomical doctor thing. You don't, Remembering you, that we actually have yeah. bodies and uh, we're not yeah. just floating minds. <laughs> yeah. Both artists, yeah. artistic doctors, you know, writers that write so well. And I think, you know, with that metaphor, there's something about uh, balance, you know, and, and the kind of little micro movements that your muscles are doing, you know, so if you stand on one leg, the other foot isn't just like uh, locked in place or fused in place, it actually has to, as far as I understand, <laughs> there's all sorts of muscles in the standing foot that are trying to compensate for everything that's going on. And I think with faith, you know, it can be just because faith is kind of strong or working doesn't necessarily mean it's just like an inert thing or a heavy thing. It's actually maybe yeah. something that's alive and moving and, and, and dynamic. Yeah. You know, your yeah. faith has to move sometimes because otherwise yeah. you'll lose your balance, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's so often through the tough questions that your faith does grow. Um, mm -hmm. 
and, and again, you know, coming back to asking the honest question, <laughs> God, where are you and, and what on earth is happening in this pandemic and um, what's our relationship to you as a mm-hmm. loving God? Um, you know, I think, I think if we ask those honest questions, it does, it does grow faith um, um, as you kind of begin to understand just that sense of God still being there and, and being the guide and God himself acknowledging, yes, this is a really hard path and for many people a, a heartbreaking path, mm-hmm. but still being there and still helping us navigate the pathway through it. Um, which can only help faith grow. Yeah, this idea of lifting up your heart to the Lord, the the idea of covenant, covenant is also about heart. It's something Mm -hmm. that's signed and sealed by your identity. So as God makes, makes the covenant towards us, we respond, but we respond with who we are, you know, our, our whole, our identity and, and the covenant is all about will that God wills, he will do this, and I will do this, and will then, it's not just promises, but it's promises that are tied in with your very nature of who you are, your identity, your personhood. Mm. And I thought Mm. that that, that's just struck me, but how you have used the Sorsum Corda, a very famous piece out of the communion service, to lift us up into the new covenant, with between God and ourselves and Christ, eh, that's very, very, mm-hmm. that's very, very good that, for me. I find that I find that quite mm-hmm. inspiring. You know, mm. thinking. In well, I love the thought of us, you know, together, just kind of helping each other journey through this pandemic time. Just helping us to lift our eyes and and and, and lift our hearts, and you know, there. There are some people who are so burdened and have had such terrible experiences, but we journey through it together and and we're in community in the midst of it together. Um, and I, I just, I was very, I, I didn't know that um, the source and corridor had been used since the earliest days of liturgy. And mm-hmm. I just loved that through, that throughout the history of the church, mm-hmm. people have just in times of difficulties, just encouraged each other, just lift your eyes to God and, recognize he's still here he's still present and will will help us through these difficult times mm. and and we're designed to do that together <laughs> mm-hmm. not separately i think that's yeah. lovely too together this idea of community of communion with god it's together you know in we 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 mm-hmm. become real people we become when we do things together and journey together in faith you know Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. something about that phrase let us give thanks to the lord our god i think um i'm kind of not quite sure of my grammar here but you know you've got the subjunctive mood and i think there's something like justive or justive or something like that which some languages have and english has to some degree but it's something about some of the language that's in our heritage in uh, in the church is is kind of access to ways of expressing 
something which are quite hard to do in a secular context. I don't necessarily mean it's impossible, but there's, it's just so easy and unforced to say something like that. Let us give thanks. Like, why? Why? Who? Who's letting? Who? You know, it's such a it's right. a kind of strange thing to say, but it it's kind of releasing something. You know, it's unlocking okay. something within us. Let us be. And in terms of you know what you were saying, mm -hmm. Albert, about covenant and identity. You know, let us be the people who are giving thanks because that's part of who we are you know let's acknowledge that this is a thing which is happening which is quite a kind of odd thing like philosophically to break down but in a phrase like that just makes sense just resonates you know it's just um just who we are and where we are um, so, so really weaving nice. our way through all this you know this uh, signs symbols and covenants we come to the peter uh, the peter um reading which is quite a complicated uh, mm -hmm. reading but in actual fact i think you summarize it it might be worthwhile just um in the gap uh, and it's it's the prayer you summarize that i don't know some, somebody wants to read that because it's just worth reading out the loud prayer. for people to hear it. yeah the prayer uh -huh. yeah. jesus we long to be righteous but know how unrighteous we are. You stand in the gap and bring us to God. We yearn for the fullness of the Spirit's life while knowing the ways of death at work in our vulnerable bodies. You stand in that gap and bring us to God. In the span of time from history through today and into the future, you, Jesus, stand in the gap and bring us to God. From the tiny few rescued from the flood to the everyone offered saving grace, you stand in that gap and bring us to God. From the cloying dirt that sticks in our lives to the freedom of clear conscience, you, Jesus, stand in the gap and bring us to God. We thank you. Amen. Wow, you feel like saying hallelujah. What a savior. Oh, <laughs> what a God. What a what is what has Jesus done? What has he done? You know? Mm. Mm. I like that emphasis. I like the emphasis on that, you know, these specific gaps, but then widening it out to like you know all the all the kind of gap, um, and there's that in that building. You know there's a build as well in it, um, and you just think, oh, what it's, as it, it, you just are like, oh, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Amen, yes, Hallelujah, you do it. You just, yeah. oh, it's just, I, and I, th I think you've just summarised the whole essence of of one Peter three eighteen to twenty two. You know, you pick up all these things and just, you know, make us aware of this covenant, this promise, the, the, the gap, the covenant mm -hmm. promise is Jesus and he fulfills it for us and it's given mm -hmm. to us. It's the covenant, the gap, the, the love, the, the way forward is given to us. He becomes our bridge into the very presence of God. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, I was, I was kind of hit between the eyes by the first verse of that passage that um, Christ died for sins once and for all, 
what for to bring us to God, you know, and that was the kind of, um, that's it. <laughs> um, just in a nutshell, it, it's in order to bring us to God that, that this has all been done. So that was the kind of between the eyes thing from that passage that really, really struck mm. me. It's the cross, yeah. isn't it? We preach the cross and the cross somehow speaks into the lives of men and women wherever they are. There's there's a real joy. There's a real joy in that. You know, it's like to me, it seems as if I I don't know. I imagine there was a joy in the creation of this. You know, this piece was was there, or am I am I imagining that, Katie? Did you did you enjoy doing it, or you know, did you there was there a bit of wrestling? You know, like in the passage, there was there was quite a bit of wrestling with the passage actually because it's quite a dense passage. Uh-huh. Um, but then I, I thought, actually, what he's talking about, these tensions we live in, you know, between these opposites of really so longing to be right and, and, and not right and wrong, but, you know, righteous, holy, mm. so longing for that, the holiness of God, but actually recognizing that we're so far away from that. And um, I did think, you know, we've been really, really brought up against our own mortality with, with the pandemic and, and realizing that every single one of us is at risk of extremely serious illness. So we've every, all of us have been brought up against our own mortality, but we long for life in the spirit, but we have to accept that we're so frail and vulnerable, um, and particularly at the moment that COVID could affect any of us. So we live in that kind of tension of longing for life, but knowing that we're so vulnerable to illness and and, and problematic things. So, and uh, I just like the, the way the passage, it, it reached back in history and said, Jesus was there. He was working then, you know, in the time of Noah, he was there by the spirit. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the whole passage, you know, look, looks ahead through the present time into the future because What's it for? It's to bring us to God. We've been brought to God in, in that kind of unshakable covenant. Yeah, yeah. So it was hard work, but yeah, it was it was a joyful thing to write about. <laughs> well, thank you for doing the yeah. hard work in that one for us, because I, I think it was really so helpful to many people this, this week, that particular mm-hmm. one as well. And you know what else? Like, um, I know that um, I'm picking up on uh, the Lent legacies, um, the actions, and I know that from some of the comments that, uh, you know, people have really taken, you know, to think about the Lent legacies as well. You know, so the, I think the, especially like really exploring the covenant, you know, has really... Mm-hmm brought that the, the passages and the prayers have really brought to life you know for people that the Lent legacy aspect as well you know yeah I mean and it's worthwhile keeping in mind these uh, ontological words that that we've been weaving the whole way through these passages that you, you picked on the holiness of God freedom that longing for freedom that we're talking about last year what we have how can we be free this De- oh, death, where is your sting? Knowing our, our vulnerability and our, our, immort- our, our mortality, yet longing to be free in a new way. And the mm-hmm. communion, the, 
this idea of community. We've talked about this tonight already, about we do it yep. together. We come as a community mm. into God's presence. And, they, mm -hmm. and then it's all embraced out of the love of God. I mean, the very reason why he stands in the gap is to bring us to God because, because God so loved the world, you know, yeah. that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, mm -hmm. that, that's such an inclusive message of the gospel. It's not yeah. for just some people, but whosoever. I love that, yeah. the way it's just whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have, be given, receive everlasting mm -hmm. life. It's mm -hmm. great, 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 great message yeah and and of course the length legacies as you say there uh, talking about baptism you know that the that you know the covenant in some ways baptism is part of that covenant especially within the church of scotland tradition of baptizing our children by faith because the promise is to you and to your children and to your children's children and to all who are far off um, and yeah. uh, here is water why make me baptized but we are saying to people, use these signs to remind yourself of your baptism and the forgiveness of sins. And whether you are baptized as an adult or a child, you can still drink a glass of water and, and be reminded yes. of that, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's something as like, well when you drink like a glass of cold, really cold water and you feel it like running down your chest and my um my wee daughter the other day had that she drank some water and i saw her do this <laughs> you know she's only one and she was like huh what's going on you know not really connecting it with what she's just done having the drink and and i think you know making that sensory link um to let's no it's not just think about the baptism but obviously memory is so often linked to um senses and and you may not have any clear memories of your baptism but um but if you do or even if you don't you know there's some level some some access to something you're getting i think by re reconnecting to that sensory moment um mm -hmm. and i actually haven't done this so i'll um have some of my water now <laughs> and oh. uh, remember my <laughs> baptism but i mean i think the the Celtic spirituality often talks about having prayers that would, when you would wake in the morning, you would awake in the morning first thing and awake out of sleep and remind yourself of the resurrection to eternal life mm. and that you've been dead and now you're awake, the awakening to life. And uh, mm -hmm. when you go to wash in the morning, you'd wash your face, but remind yourself that you're a baptized person. And uh, yeah. when you clothe yourself, put on your clothes, you remind yourself you're putting on the spiritual armor. And um, when you feed yourself, reminding yourself to feed on God's word. So all these kind of symbols and signs of mm. God's presence mm. with us is there's in our everyday routines of life, we can, they, they had prayers for every part of every routine of life. And I think we've sometimes yeah. lost some of that, which would be good to, reinstate again I, I think it would be it's you know because i've been thinking and actually quite a few people i know have been uh, thinking about you know rhythms of life um and uh, i know that the book the common rule has been uh, very popular with uh, quite a lot of people that i know not just uh, not just uh, theology students and would-be ministers but you know people within you know our uh, worshiping communities that we're involved with and there's there is something uh it's quite grounding you know and like i've, I've started to explore it and 
you know, quite a way in a way as well. I think you have to find rhythms that suit you, mind you. You know, not all the not all the rhythms are going to suit everybody and no. you know people's so lifestyles. Some people like the bossa nova and some people like the cha cha. Exactly. So you've got to you've got to see the going. And that maps quite you. neatly onto theological <laughs> preferences. Yeah. And it's uh, so that's how you know so it, it, I think it's really good to explore these things yes. and I think thinking about our Lent legacies you know as well has got people thinking you know and like it may open up you know a few more avenues for people to explore as well. Absolutely because we, mm -hmm. we've deliberately kind of spread the net quite wide you know drawing on different aspects of mm -hmm. um, our Christian tradition you know and so it may be that there's something that comes up on March 12th, whatever, whatever the Lent action for that day is, that you think, no, I'm going to keep doing that. Like yeah. none of them so far yeah. have, have connected with me, but March 12th, like that's, that's where I'm at. And, and that's one of the nice things about, uh, I have to look up now what March 12th is. <laughs> uh, maybe somebody's trying to tell me something, but, um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, like you say, Laura, it's having that sort of opportunity to try different things and to link it. And I think, you know, we've got used to probably outsourcing a lot of our spiritual life you know and in, in years past um whether it's on a sunday or to specific people or specific buildings or whatever and so one of the things about you know worshiping from our bedrooms or worshiping in our kitchens or our living rooms is kind of reminding us well we we could always have worshiped from these places and why haven't we been seeing these places you know our homes and our garden as arenas theaters of worship you know we've not been doing that and yeah. so so i think um, this pandemic has, um, yeah, one of the things that's come out of it, I think, is hopefully a reclaiming of of that, um, uh, as you say, Albert, kind of weaving it into everyday life um, in a real way. Let's go on to day four, um, water and the desert. Um, uh, you you make a you take us you make a again aware of the struggles that many have with destructive and distracting thoughts at a time like this. And the desert is, Jesus is in that situation in the desert. He's um, mm. just been baptized. He's just come out of the baptism and the, 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 the great affirmation of the father saying, you're my beloved son. But then he's thrown into this mm. struggle and um, can we encounter God in a new way in the desert place? That's the question I was asking. And I think you asked that experience as well. How do we encounter God in the desert place? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I suppose it goes back in a way to what we were talking about before in, in difficult times, asking the difficult question and just having that honesty um, to, to ask of God, you know, wh where are you? In, in these in these difficult times um, when we're under pressure or when we feel everything's been stripped away, just to have that honesty to ask the questions and and discover God in the asking of it. Um, yeah, because I, I you know I think a lot of of this last year people have been in, in desert places when so much has been stripped away from them just in terms of company and um, jobs, education, just health, everything. So many people have had so much taken and, and must feel as though they're in, in a desert place. Um, yeah, I, I think that's yeah. what I liked about your writing this week. There's a great sense of empathy for, for 
those who've been reading and those who are experiencing, uh, you were in there, you know, uh, real trying to apply scripture, but trying to apply scripture in a very honest and, and meaningful way for us. And I think it has been. Um, I, thought, I really enjoyed it. It was the language in this one that I found yeah. Really, yeah. really, really captivating. It really captured my imagination. Um, and you know the, the the language that that you know like this wilderness and desert you know it goes all through it um you know you, you really set the scene so well here you know I, I can feel that I'm in a desert place you know like in the in Sunday service um Rob had uh that he's reading from like in the wilderness you know area and it was I, I know I, where I could sense it there. I could, you know, I could see it in that, but I can feel it in here. Mm. You know, I can feel it with the, you know, with the words. You know, this desiccated land, you know, and the the cracks, the opened cracks where destruction and distraction throws. So it just weaves all through. And in the prayer, I love the use of the word beyond. You know, because actually, I feel as if there's like it's quite. Um, you know, initially you think, oh, oh, I, it's, it is beyond these things. But then you think, you know, so, so again, you're like in the wilderness. But then you start to think, and you're like, oh, but actually, it, going beyond actually takes us into the hope. So I just love the repetition of that the word beyond, and and it just kept taking me into hope. You know, so um, actually beyond that desert place into something else. So, and um, also the tomb dead beyond imagination. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. I think the like I agree, Laura. I think the language of this was just so so wonderful and i think you know what you've kind of tapped into there katie is that sense of the kind of all-consuming feeling you know when you're in that desert place when there's that kind of physicality you know and um there's that sense you know when you're very hungry when you're really hungry and you're starting to lose something of yourself which is why i thought the word choice of hungered beyond strength um it just you know that sense that I am becoming the hunger that I am, you know, and, and I think I said to you before, it made me think of Sylvia Plath, you know, in that kind of really startling, vivid way of using language to kind of unsettle you. Like you think you know where you're going, mm -hmm. but I'm not just hungry, I'm hungered. I have, you know, I've become the hunger's kind of coming in on itself. Um, and then, uh, you know, you take us to, to a place of hope. And I, and I actually really appreciated how the prayer ends so quickly, you know, because in, in that desert place, sometimes the, you know, when the thirst is slaked and when we've got to the other side, all just, you, we suddenly kind of come back to ourselves. And so those last three lines from the unsealed grave, this risen life you offer, thank you. It just all, you know, the kind of language cues you into that kind of rapid reorientation that we're back, that you, you've kind of got. So certainly for me as a reader, that's that's where I took. And that's, that's the thing, obviously, about this kind of language is people respond to it differently. But there was a real sense of traveling through something and yeah. kind of losing a bit of myself and then finding myself again at the end, which mm -hmm. was, um, yeah, really remarkable. Mm -hmm. 
I, which leads us nicely into the next section because I'm looking at our time. We've got we're going to make it. Down, but the, <laughs> I know we're doing a real uh, close reading tonight. Absolutely, this is great. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you don't. I hope you don't feel as though you've been cross-examined. Like, like, like. Uh, we're getting our value out of Katie. Right? <laughs> no, it's always it's always great when you hear because you write something and it's in your head and you know you you you, you get into the words and everything and sometimes you lose sight of what you've, you've written so it's actually great to hear other people's interpretation of what you've written it's it's really really interesting to hear what other people have drawn out so yeah it's good <laughs> we see we, we move we move from that desert place now to another desert place to, to back to abraham we're moving back to another covenant another promise back to abraham in the desert in the starry nights and uh, I just think we'll get Laura to read this this poem because I think it is so good. It is worth listening to. Laughter in the desert, an old man's voice, rough from years of wandering days. Breath escaped in a puff, he hopes unheard. Hoarse with disbelief, an absurd promise is spoken. The fatherhood of nations, the stars mock in their number, the absence of a child. A titter in a tent skin, a woman spent in the labours of dry lands, wrinkles her lips round a wheeze suppressed, wraps ageing hope round the impossible assurance of motherhood long stolen. The hot breeze blows scent of bread, her hospitality. Covenant is made in the shock of quiet intimation. One voice and three speak a generational blessing, a son to be born, grace to be fulfilled, multiplied beyond where the desert winds can blow. The stars applaud in their number. God draw near, become theirs, become ours. That's most beautiful. That's a most beautiful poem. So beautifully written and so well read, hey, Laura. Hearing it aloud there, um, it hit me um, the the link between the stars mock in their number and the stars applaud in their number and the idea that the stars haven't gone anywhere or changed. There's not any different stars, <laughs> but about how that and how we experience reality is so different depending on um, the, the context mm -hmm. around it. And uh, I was thinking about the uh, poem you did for us for our Advent service, you know, about the Annunciation one. And I think you used the terminology of like a imagining piece i think you called it something like an imagining yes. piece or an imagining yeah. poem the idea of kind of entering into that world and it really felt um with this piece yeah. that we were there mm -hmm. in the tents and with the desert winds and, and all the rest of it you're really mm -hmm. very immersive mm -hmm. uh -huh. i love that phrase to uh, a titter into a tent skin yes <laughs> <laughs> a titter into a tent skin yeah. <laughs> a bit of a tongue twister but, uh, coming back to the stars i, I kind of when i was writing it uh, I mean, I didn't really think too hard about this, but it occurred to me once I'd written it that, you know, without 
the presence of God and God having said, I will be yours. Mm. The universe is a frightening place and it's, you know, it's scary. <laughs> Looking mm -hmm. up into the heavens is, is frightening. Whereas, you know, after the covenant is made, um, the universe suddenly becomes more friendly and no, no less enormous and unfathomable, but it's not that scary, empty, hopeless place anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of, as I said, I didn't overthink it, but it just kind of felt that fell into it that, that at the outset before covenant was given, this vast, empty universe where you really have to search hard for meaning and then once God has, has offered relationship and said, I'll be yours, that it just becomes freer and safer feeling. Mm. So <laughs> it was a kind of covenant sandwich. <laughs> beautiful. Between two sets of I see, we should have called it covenant sandwich. There you go. <laughs> but also it's the disappointment <laughs> of this old couple. The disappointment yeah. ends up being joyful. Mm -hmm. You know, the disappointment mm -hmm. becomes an appointment that they're looking forward for a child. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Uh -huh. See, recently, um, myself and uh, Linda Pollock um, had explored Hagar in our Time of the Month podcast. And I still have, I've got a few issues with uh, Abraham and Sarah. <laughs> Just a few. But I actually this reading this really helped me to just kind of get into where they were, you know, be able to have empathy for them and understand their situation and I, that disappointment that they've been living with for so long, and it is so long, um, and. I, 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 it humanised them. It humanised them for me. I think there's something in that for people who have believed God through this time of pandemic mm. and have found themselves disappointed because they've done all the right things and everything has gone wrong for them, from illness to maybe losing a job to everything. Um, the, where is their hope in the midst of all that? It's mm. it can be a long, long time of sadness, and yeah, and somehow it's coming out at the end saying, "But but God is faithful," mm. Uh, mm. and it's almost as though sometimes. But even to say to someone, "Hang in there," it's it it is not good enough. Does that? I don't know if that makes sense, you know, mm -hmm. and yet somehow. There's not. There's nothing else we can do. You know. Yeah. Which leads us to our final, um, our final, um, prayer tonight, face to face. Which which picks up and maybe that answer to the person who's saying, "Where is God in all this?" Uh, has God left me? The, you know, the cry of dereliction from the cross. Uh, and yet the, the answer comes back uh, really in this psalm that God, God hasn't, hasn't left him. But this is, Psalm 22 is often thought of the, the psalm that Jesus refers to um, 
in the uh, the crucifixion, you know, mm -hmm. when, on the cross. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember John Bell, many years ago when we were at Carberry, John Bell, a famous hymn writer and who's written so much, he was, we were at a, a retreat at Carberry and Jock was there, Jock Steen was there. And um, John was talking about Psalm 22 and this dereliction, but he also talked about Psalm 23 as the, the psalm that follows on to bring the comfort, but the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes mm -hmm. me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside mm -hmm. the still waters. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are yes. with me. And it's almost back to what you were saying just a moment ago there, um, Katie, that the universe is a big place without God, but if God is there with us, and maybe to those struggling in difficult times, to know that God has not forgotten them. He's not withdrawn his face from them. Yeah, there you are, yeah. walk through the valley of shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Mm -hmm. Your rod and yeah. your staff, they comfort me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like the way the message put it, when it said, even though you've been kicked around, he hasn't turned his back on you. And he's been there listening all the time. Um, yeah. 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 Do you know, I'm going to be quite, um, I'm going to change the tone. Because <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was thinking, right, today, um, I was recording stuff for um, Falkirk. And I was using my new phone. Now, my new phone, right, is really um, clear. Right? I quite like how on here I've got the kind of, like, soft kind of focus filter, you know, so my face looks all right. But um, <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the new phone, oh, it's so clear, right? So clear, you can see all the wee kind of wrinkles coming, right? And so this actually made me feel better, Katie, because, <laughs> because um, it's thinking about, you know, people on a screen, you know, and actually people are missing, being, you know, like, you know, yet how we hunger to see the tiny wrinkles around someone, uh, someone's eyes, the texture mm -hmm. of their skin against light, the flash of a smile. So I'm thinking, well, they will see the tiny wrinkles. <laughs> Our fancy new phones will usher this moment a little closer. <laughs> we'll have a look tomorrow. We'll have a look tomorrow when we come to the seven o'clock prayer meeting. Oh, yes, eh? yes. <laughs> I thought, yes. I thought, oh, that's good. It's okay. <laughs> oh, dear. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's why they say that people get so tired with, with kind of um, screens, isn't it? That because you're searching for all those usual cues that you get when somebody's sitting in front of you, you have mm. to work really, really hard to um, see them and to mm -hmm. perceive them. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. No, those kind of, um, and as you say, it's those kind of little details or you know what we might call imperfections sometimes, but kind of idiosyncrasies, quirks that are um, <laughs> often what kind of you're especially fond of or that 
they really remind you of someone or root you in place. And I remember Ian uh, Jimerson yeah. on one of these past podcasts talking about how, you know, with the touching up that you can do on screens, eventually we'll all just be kind of little blurs, <laughs> little like, <laughs> delicate little blurs, <laughs> which are like a gesture of where someone might be uh, because we've just turned it up and up. And, up. and uh, yeah, I think we need to turn the filters off and... Uh, just be ourselves. <laughs> Aye, not hide yeah. us, not hide ourselves. Aye. You know, not hide our faces. It's uh, be be able to be fully ourselves. But God has not hidden his face from us, but in Christ has come, and Jesus has come into our world and into our brokenness and in, and and to journey with us. And we had that's where we need to exercise that if we can summarize everything we've been talking about tonight, but we need to exercise that muscle of faith. And for some, that muscle has been really uh, exercised a lot, but it's mm. not to give up because God is with us. And we've got to, uh-huh. we've got to believe that. And then mm-hmm. those of us within community need to find ways to support one another, that we mm. truly live out this Christian faith in, in such mm-hmm. a way that, it is a blessing to others you know mm-hmm. so wow yeah. what what a great um, day we've evening we've had going through your material katie thank you so much for spending well, the time with us and sharing with us um, there may be some comments on facebook i think that, that they, some of us will answer later on tonight if people have been commenting on facebook we'll get back or you yourself yeah. katie if you feel like commenting on some of the things that people may be saying in Facebook, feel free to do so. Um, But it's a great way for us to just to build the community again. And uh, tonight has been a great privilege to have you with us tonight. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for your encouragement and and your friendship. Thanks thanks very much indeed. I've enjoyed it. Good, great. And thank you, Laura, for... uh, for being with us tonight and um, and you James for being with us as well and thank you to you Ray for uh, looking after our technology to make sure everything um, goes according to plan thank you and it's from me uh, signing off tonight thanking you all for being with us and uh, reminding you that we do have a Sunday live service at 3pm on Sunday which is being uh, uh, put together by James and, and Laura and uh, uh, there's a trailer I believe made as well for you to have a look at absolutely uh, tomorrow because on Sunday we're going to be looking at the good Samaritan and the bad Samaritan but if you want to know more you'll have to join us at 3pm so this will be the final the final fling on the parable of social distancing yeah the Samaritan (laughs) is a good parable of social distancing (laughs) so until Sunday And until this coming week, have a good weekend. Good night and God bless. Good night, everybody. Thank you. (laughs) Bye.